Greetings, everyone. Tommy here with another episode of the Holy City Hoops podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Today on the show, we are doing CAA team previews. And to help me do that, we have another first-time guest on the pod, Brendan Doyle. Brendan is the William & Mary fan behind the very aptly named No Bid Nation blog and podcast. And like me, he is someone who dedicates entirely too much time to college basketball. But that makes him the perfect guest for this episode. We are counting down the preseason rankings of the CAA's teams from 10 to 1. We'll give our impressions, talk any noteworthy new players, all that fun stuff. I think we hit on just about everything. I don't think you'll find too many CAA previews done by people this entrenched in the league and with this level of familiarity with the teams. We also make our first team all-conference selections and preseason player of the year picks. This is another competitive, unpredictable season for the CAA. There is no surefire favorite. Uh, there is no clear-cut preseason player of the year. Uh, you could probably make the case for each of these teams to fall anywhere between 10 and 1. I'm not sure there's any other league in the country like that. Folks, if you haven't listened to our first two episodes this season, please go fix that. First, we had Coach Grant and Coach Harmony on to preview the men's and women's teams. Then last week, Jarrell Brantley came on. We've got the NBA draft coming up. We've got the season starting in just a couple of days. Make sure you're following along on social and by subscribing to this pod. Let's go ahead and get to our CAA preview. All right, Brendan Doyle is here with me today to preview the CAA. He is a fellow blogger and podcaster suffering through mid-major basketball fandom. Uh, Brendan, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I've uh, been listening to your podcast for the past couple of years, just uh, getting my CAA basketball fix. So uh, glad to finally make an appearance. Very nice. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about No Bid Nation before we get started? Yeah, yeah. So No Bid Nation is a project that uh, me and one of my friends from college started actually this past spring. Um, figured there's a little bit of a, a gap in the uh, the coverage of William Mary basketball. Uh, so we, we write and podcast about um, William Mary men's and women's basketball. Uh, really just a passion project of ours. So uh, yeah, glad to um, be a part of the uh, CAA blog and, and podcast sphere. <laughs> it's good not to be the only one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so Brendan, today you and I are going to go from uh, teams 10 through 1 in the CAA. Uh, in front of us, we have the Ken Palm rankings. I figured that would be a healthy and productive way to remove our biases. We'll just go off what the data says. Starting with number 10, uh, I'll give a couple thoughts. You give a couple thoughts. And one thing we had discussed before recording this was this league is so volatile that any team could finish 10 or 1. So we've kind of got a best case scenario and a worst case scenario for each team. And we can we can throw those around to uh, mm -hmm. have, a, have a little bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. Sound? Definitely. Cool, man. All right. Well, let's start with the Ken Palm number 10 team in the CAA. I already see you smirking because it's your <laughs> squad. Yes. <laughs> William yes. and Mary. I think you should probably take lead on this. Um, I'll give you my my best case scenario, worst case scenario, and then you just you tell me what to expect from the tribe. Oh, this year. absolutely. Um, Go ahead. I'm ready for so it. So obviously uh, you lose the player of the year in Nathan Knight. You lose Andy Van Vliet. Uh, guys that kind of the whole system was built around. So I don't know where the team goes from there. On the pro side, though, we expected William & Mary in this position last year, and Dane Fisher ends up being coach of the year. 
the tribe finished second in the conference. So maybe we shouldn't be underestimating them. But I mean, what do you, yeah. what do you think? Well, uh, yeah, I think it last year made it pretty clear that Dane Fisher is going to be a pretty good head coach in the CAA. I mean, taking the team that he took uh, into second place in the CAA in the regular season, obviously before a uh, uh, not so great finish there in the, the CAA quarterfinal. Um, but is he a good enough head coach to make this year's empty cupboard, uh, you know, anything? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think that maybe having them in the, the basement is a little bit low, but they're not going to be a team that is expected to, to, to contend for anything. Um, losing Nathan Knight, who I would argue is the best player in school history. Um, I know there, there, there's an argument for uh, Marcus Thornton, other guys, but, uh, but I think he was the best player in school history. Um, and Andy Van Vliet, and you're left with basically no size um, aside from right. uh, Mikel Harvey, who hasn't really shown any anything on the offensive side of things, and Ben White, who was a redshirt uh, redshirt last year, will will get his freshman year this year. Who coaches are actually pretty uh, pretty excited about. Uh, when it comes to the guards, it's going to be a lot of youth. Um, Luke Lowy uh, comes back after having super efficient scoring season last year shooting the ball really well all defense team yeah all defense team too he you know locks down the the opposing team's best best scorer most of the time um but i don't know if he's the type of guy that will be able to to take on a scoring load um he's generally best you know uh spot up shooter um maybe get into the rim a little bit, but he's not going to be able to, to carry a team scoring wise. And that's where you have to hope that somebody like Thornton Scott, who I know we over at Nobid nation are higher on than maybe <laughs> the rest of, uh, William and Mary. Uh, that's okay. Just wait till we get to Charleston. <laughs> You'll hear a, a lot of drinking. The oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We, we like Thornton Scott, but he has to stay healthy. If there's any chance for William Mary to make any noise, uh, some of the freshmen coming in, I mean, Yuri Covington, uh, has got some buzz around him. Um, Connor Kokera uh, has got some buzz. Um, some of those guys are going to have to step up and and be key pieces if this team is going to, uh, you know, do anything other than uh, stay down at the bottom of the conference this year. So, who do you think is going to be the top scorer this year? Do you think it's going to be Lowy? Oh man, Scott. Uh, I think it'll. I think it'll end up being Lowy. Um, but it's going to be, I mean, there are going to be, you know, three or four people around the 10 to 12 points per game. There's not going to be anybody, um, you know, really leading the team out there in front. Uh, it's going to be scoring by committee um, to, a, to a pretty crazy degree, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you, you obviously nailed it. My big questions are, because the team was built around those twin towers last year and you ripped them away, sure, like maybe Dane Fisher is, can really innovate on the fly and mm-hmm. work with this this small team but i just don't know because he had he had such a unique situation last year with those two guys yeah um, obviously and I, I wonder how the defense and and the offense kind of reacts to that yeah I, w- I will say one thing i think that dane will get to play defense a lot more like he wanted to last year you know when you have mm-hmm. both of those you know the twin towers out there you have nate and uh, and Andy and Andy wasn't a bad defender per se, but he wasn't built to be the guy, you know, playing pressure defense on a guy 20 feet from the basket. I think um, this year you'll see a lot more, um, a lot more pressure, especially, you know, half court, full court stuff. Hmm. Um, you'll be able to see Dane kind of 
play a little bit more towards the type of defense that he wanted to last year, but obviously had to, um, I don't want to say deal, but had to do with the, the personnel that he had. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I would not be surprised if William and Mary just finished like middle of the pack next year. Um, but I feel like I can say that for a lot of teams. Yeah. <laughs> in the CA this year. It, indeed. Um, anything else we should know about William and Mary before we move on to number nine? Uh, Really can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, um, yeah, it'll be fun to see a bunch of young guys playing. Uh, that's what this year is going to be, is really a developmental year. So um, yeah. whether they finish up towards the top or towards the bottom, what really matters is that uh, some of those younger guys get, get minutes and, and get better. Right on. Well, I know you guys and, and your fan base would love to leapfrog the team at number nine here. <laughs> JMU uh, is next on Ken Palm. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Mark Byington's the new man at JMU. They've got a beautiful new arena. Uh, I have a little bit of experience with Mark Byington because he was a longtime College of Charleston assistant. Um, great recruiter for us. Uh, right-hand man for Bobby Kremens back when I was in school. The Lou Rowe era kind of fizzled out. The team never really got going, and that was enough to pull the plug on, on Lou, even though he was an alum. I don't know if I'm ready for Matt Lewis to be one of like the best players in the CAA. He's a 20-point scorer, and he's maybe the top guy coming back when you look at basically the whole first team is gone from last season, and then it's Matt Lewis and a couple second-team guys. Um, but again, I mean, it's not like Matt Lewis has ever finished above 500 with, with any of his teams. Um, so I guess my, my pro is that Mark Byington's uh, a a real D1 head coach with experience. And I think all of their incoming transfers are eligible pretty much. Um, so it's basically a whole new team and maybe they do okay. Um, but on the cons, it's a whole new system, a whole new roster. Um, and we have to see if, if Mark is more Dane Fisher or if he's more CB McGrath. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Of. Um, what, what's your take on JMU though? Uh, you know, I, if there was ever a year for, for JMU to come in with a new coach and contend right away, this is probably the year um, where there's not much traffic up at the top of the league. Uh, yeah. You nailed it. I mean, Matt Lewis is going to be the best player coming back, um, at least, you know, on paper. Um, I've never been particularly impressed with his defense, and I think that's JMU has struggled with that uh, on the whole uh, over the past couple of years during the uh, Lou Rowe era. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all going to come down to – how those transfers play. I mean, Joel Mensa from San Diego state, he's got to be probably the most, um, it stands out the most in terms of size and, and ability. You know, they've, uh, had some videos of him knocking down threes from the corner. If, if that happens, you know, <laughs> maybe, you, you bump yeah, him up a couple guard. of spots, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really going to come down to how some of these new guys, uh, new guys play. And obviously, you know, Mark Byington is well-regarded um, among college coaches. Uh, you talked about having his experience at, uh, at Charleston. Um, but, yeah, I, if there's anybody who's, who's going to do it, you know, maybe it's Mark. Um, and you talked about the arena. I will just plug. Uh, I, I'm pretty familiar with JMU because both my parents went there, so I'm excited to go see, uh, go see a couple of games there. Elon got to enjoy having the best arena in the CAA for, like, one or two years, and now JMU may have, may have topped them. Oh, yes. Yeah, now I'm hoping William and Mary gets gets up to the top in another couple of years. But <laughs> there you go, there you go. Um, so yeah, let, let's run through those transfers really quick mm -hmm. because they did lose 
Darius Banks, Deshaun Parker, and Dwight Wilson, who was a guy I really liked. Uh, all those guys transferred out after Rowe left. Um, so you have uh, Joel Mensa, who you mentioned, Vado Morse, uh, who was the Northeast Conference Rookie of the Year in 1819, um, was a 15 point per game scorer as a freshman there. Um, scoring dipped his sophomore year, and then he transferred. Jalen Hodge from Louisiana Monroe, who's 7.7 points per game. And then Rashawn Fredericks, uh, who JMU's his fourth school. He played two years at, at, at the JUCO level and then one year coming off the bench for Cincy and then uh, sat out at UAB, never played, and then is now grad transferring to JMU. So, Oh, and then TJ Taylor uh, from Wyoming, who looks like he'll probably sit the whole season. But Yep, yeah, no. Um, Kind of got lucky with with those transfers being eligible this year. Yeah, and you were you were talking about how Byington is known as a as a good recruiter. I mean, that's apparent right away with all the guys he's brought in. Obvious talent. Um, you were talking about Vado Morse, Vado Morse, uh, Joel Mensa, Rashawn Fredericks. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent on this team. It's going to really depend on you know how well the system is implemented, how well those guys can come together. Um, you know, some of those guys, there's probably a reason they're on a couple, couple uh, had a couple different schools. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see how well that happens. And, um, and especially on the defensive side of the floor, like I was talking about, that's where they've struggled with over the past couple of years with Lewis Rowe. So uh, we'll see if uh, Byington can, can get some of those guys, get people like Matt Lewis to really buy into, to, playing on the defensive end first and then transitioning to offense. I will say that I would expect Mark Byington to run an up-tempo style. Um, Definitely. At CFC, it was a lot of run and gun shooting threes. And I think Georgia Southern was always, you know, near the top um, in terms of pace uh, per game. The other side of that coin though, I feel like everyone wants to play fast and shoot a bunch of threes. Lou Rowe tried to do that and the team had a million turnovers a game. So it doesn't always it's not always like you flip a switch and you're yeah, all of a yeah, a great of course. offensive team. Of course. And and to get to the offensive side of the floor, you have to get a stop or at least uh <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you're 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 running the Grinnell method, but uh <laughs> but but you have to yeah, you have to get your stops there. You have to to really um do that first. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Anything else on JMU? No, I mean I'm I'm excited to see some of these talented guys um but I don't know if I'm expecting them to be, <laughs> uh, yeah, really come together and and uh, be a good team at the end of the day. But there will be some yeah. flashes, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If those guys click, that, that could be exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to number eight. That would be UNC Wilmington. Uh, we're now into the 230s on Ken Palm, so none of these CA, none of these CAA bottom half teams are, are expected to be too great on a national level, but. UNCW, uh, another team with a new coach, uh, Takeo Siddle. UNCW finally got it right and hired someone from the Keats coaching tree. C.B. McGrath just was not working with, uh, you know, trying to recreate UNCW or UNC's traditional four, traditional five setup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think fans are really excited to see what Siddle brings to the table. Um, why don't you give me kind of the best and worst case scenario for this team? Yeah, well... I think the best case is UNCW's uh, personnel is really built for the kind of Keats-esque, up-tempo, lots of pressure, lots of trapping. They're kind of built for that. Um, and that's one of the the main failings of the, the McGrath era was um, trying to force this team that is built for, uh, you know, a more up-tempo style 
and trying to force them into a traditional, uh, you know, you think of like Dean Smith and um, very traditional basketball with four of the five, as you were saying. Uh, and I think that, that you have to hope that first off they stay healthy because they've had a lot of guys over the past couple of years that, yeah. that, that hasn't been any help to them. I mean, I, I don't think they would have been world beaters to begin with, but it just kind of layered on top of a lot of the issues that, that McGrath and, and Wilmington was having. Um, Ty Gadsden is a guy that jumps out to me. I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed watching him play type of, uh, you know, he plays hard and almost slasher that I, I like to watch and he's going to fit well into, um, you know, Siddle's, uh, Siddle's regime. Uh, and then obviously you got a couple of, uh, newcomers that they're excited about. Um, I think those guys are going to have to, uh, to play well, they're going to have to get some depth, um, and that's something that they really lacked over the past couple of years, especially because of uh, the injury bug. Yeah, well, if you're going to be playing that Keats system where guys are full court defense and sprinting up and down the floor, you're going to need you're going to need depth. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get worn out pretty quick. Um, but I totally agree with um, this roster that Siddle's walking into is pretty close to what they need. Um, mm-hmm. So you mentioned Gadsden, uh, Michael Caro seems like an ideal fit as well. Um, a guard who can rebound for his position. Um, if they are going to do that Keats style, like three guards or four guards, that could potentially work with like a, um, um, a Gadsden, Okaru, Shaikim Phillips mm-hmm. backcourt. But uh, even if you do throw in a fourth guard there, who is your Devonte Kaycock? Like who's that rim running lob threat, you know, rebound machine is it this guy Ian Steer from St. John's, who's a six nine uh, transfer from there? Is it Amaje Dodd, who's like a six six guy returning? I don't know, but they do have some talented guards, um, and that should be you know make the transition not quite as difficult for yeah Siddle. yeah definitely. I, and I think in terms of you know whether Byington or, or Siddle is going to have an easier time coming in and adapting to the roster that is there, I think Siddle has that behind him he has that roster um it's just going to be kind of uh reteaching the 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 sort of keats um the keats defense and kind of changing the mentality from uh you know a little slower a little uh you know the secondary break and all that stuff to um a little bit more chaotic yeah um i, I brushed over shaikim phillips <clears throat> but we should mention him he might be their best mm-hmm. player uh this season he was all rookie last last year um, guy who defends well, drives the ball, just cannot shoot. Uh, only took 15 threes last year. I think he hit he hit five, but he, I think he hit four of those in the game in Charleston, which I had the pleasure <laughs> of watching. Um, but uh, he he's looks like a nice piece for. Yeah, he player. was he was the most impressive player on their team last year, um, especially coming in as a freshman and really uh, performing the way that he did um, in in otherwise. Uh, a rough year for them. Um, a lot of turmoil, obviously, uh, with Kai Taves leaving the team and uh, C.B. McGrath uh, getting axed in the middle of the year, which I don't know if I expected it to happen during the season. But uh, Yeah, don't see but, that often. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they showed some things down the stretch last year that um, they can compete. Um, and I don't want to say that C.B. was the problem because – you know, there were, there were lots more problems, but you saw them play hard for, um, uh, what was the interim guy's name? Um, Oh, Burke, Rob Burke. Yeah. Rob, Rob Burke. Burke. Uh, yeah, they, 
they played hard for Rob Burke. Um, they did. And played spoiler to Charleston and William & Mary down the stretch. So we both have beef with them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I think they'll be in a, a competitive position this year. Um, and UNCW basketball especially you know, traditionally UNCW basketball is fun to watch. So hopefully we, uh, we get back to that and have some fun battles this year. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll mention with UNCW, I saw this on the UNCW message board, but it looks like Jay Estime is out for the year with a, with a torn ACL. I also um, heard that. So yeah, so that's he, a, that's a bit of a loss, but yeah. Yeah. It's another fourth guard, uh, who could have been helpful for them, but looks like he will mm-hmm. not play. All right, moving along. Number seven, uh, Delaware, two twenty-one in Ken Palm. Poor Delaware. Uh, <laughs> look like Delaware looked like the surefire oh, man. favorite in the CAA uh, when the season wrapped up. They had Nate Darling coming back. They had Justin Mutz coming back. Uh, fast forward to the fall, and here they are, uh, seventh. What What's the deal with Delaware? Oh man, I. <laughs> I remember uh, getting the the notification on my phone, or I think I was scrolling Twitter, and I saw that uh, Nate Darling was leaving for the draft, and I, I was dumbfounded. I mean, I I get it the uh, the weird situation with COVID and and the uncertainty there, um, and wanting to to get out, and after a, a great season at Delaware last yeah. year, I mean it it was him and Grant Riller and, and Nathan Knight were the best three players in the league by a pretty wide margin. And I get wanting to 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 leave while you have that impression on people's minds, and he's going to make a lot of money in Europe, <laughs> but uh, but that really uh, really hurt <laughs> for for Delaware, who would have been, as you said, a, a surefire uh, preseason favorite in the league, um, and and they still would have been near the top of the league had had Mutz not left. Um, you know, he he was a really important piece for them, and he was the type of guy who. Um, who could take over and, and play on both ends, especially when, when Darling was sitting uh, or, or, you know, not playing that well, not, not getting his shots. Um, and now they're, again, they're in the situation where they've been in the past couple of years where a, their top couple of players left and yeah. they're left with, you know, a, a couple of good players. Kevin Anderson's a, a, a solid player and Ryan Allen was, uh, has been a solid player but they don't have the the top line star power that uh, would really propel them to uh, perform well in the CAA. Yeah. Uh, Darling took 25% of their shots last season. And like you said, he was very good, um, but you rip that away. And also Mutz, who is a, a threat for a double-double every night. Um, that's tough. And yeah, Inglesby has experienced this before with, with um, Ryan Daly leaving. Uh, with Ithiel Horton leaving, these young guards who he recruits and look really good, and then they move on to to greener pastures, or so they think. Um, so that's <laughs> tough. But um, yeah, Ryan Allen and Kevin Anderson, two guys who um, came into the program when Inglesby first got hired, and now all of a sudden they're seniors. Um, I always like a senior backcourt in mid-major basketball. That always seems to bode well. Definitely. Uh, Ryan Allen was once upon a time rookie of the year um averaged 12 points per game last season though with with darling taking so many shots uh and then kevin anderson was all was third team all ca last year so they have some talent in the backcourt um dylan painter is an interesting one for me i feel like expectations for him were so high and when he came in in the spring semester last year i don't know if he 
lived up to what fans were maybe expecting. Um, he put up nine and seven, uh, which is really good. He could help replace Mutz's production. Um, but I think if he can really look like the guy they thought they were getting from Villanova, um, Delaware could could leap up into contender status. Yeah, absolutely. And that was somebody I was going to bring up too, was Dylan Painter. Because, you know, physically, he will probably be one of the more imposing figures in the CAA this year. Um, he's great with his back to the basket. Um, really power through and uh, get to the hole. Uh, but it was, it was interesting seeing him come in in the second semester when he became eligible. Delaware had been on a pretty good role uh, in the the first, you know, obviously they, they were <laughs> garnering votes for the AP poll, which never should have happened, but, but people, you know, there, there was some, some buzz around them and they were playing really good basketball. Um, and it's not necessarily the uh, appearance of painter into the, you know, into the system that, uh, that changed things. But I do think that it changed, it, it changed how they played a little bit, uh, having to clear some space for him on the inside instead of, um, you know, I think they would, they would play met mutts sometimes at the five and, uh, and, and be a little bit smaller. Uh, and that helped with, uh, you know, some of their guards that, um, needed spacing on the, on the perimeter. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see now that they have a full year, uh, full year with him. Do they come out right away and try to highlight him in the offense? Um, give him those opportunities with his back to the basket. And he also needs to be more consistent because there were games where he basically disappeared. Um, so if they're going to, if they're going to be good, I mean, I think he's going to have to be a big part of it, but it'll be interesting to see how he's utilized, uh, especially from the beginning of the year this time. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about Delaware getting AP votes <laughs> last yes. fall when they yeah. were, when they were defeating like the school for the blind and like the musician school. <laughs> um, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, anything yeah. else on Delaware? Um, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm not sad per se, but I'm, I'm, it's a little bit disappointing that we didn't get to see a team with Nate Darling and Justin Mutz and Dylan Painter come back for, uh, for another year and probably dominate the CAA and maybe have a chance at winning a, a tournament game or two. Um, but, you know, it is how it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it hurts the whole CAA to, to lose talent. So even yeah. though, you know, mm-hmm. it, our teams may have uh, finished lower in the rankings, um, taking two professional basketball players out of the CAA uh, definitely stings. Um, Absolutely. I mean, they definitely could have, could have made some waves. Mm-hmm. Um Let's move on to number six. That would be Elon. Uh, this is a team that I am very bullish on. Uh, I thought Mike Shragi came in last year and really um, has this team on the right trajectory now. Um, we have to start with the Hunters. That would be Hunter Woods and Hunter McIntosh. Uh, McIntosh was your rookie of the year last season. 11 points per game, three assists, three rebounds, 40% three-point shooter. And then Hunter Woods, who played really well in the CAA tournament, uh, also on the all-rookie team. Uh, throw in a couple other freshmen from last year, Zach Irvin, who was probably close to all rookie if he had played the full season. Uh, he's a guy who put up 27 against UNCW. Uh, they have some transfers they're really excited about. Um, they made some waves on the recruiting scene. Um, but, uh, before I uh, keep talking, what, what are your thoughts on Elon? Uh, well, Hunter Woods is burned forever into my memory because of his CAA quarterfinals game against William and Mary, where he yeah, went he five for what? seven yeah. from three. Uh, I, 
that's not necessarily his game. I think his shot is ugly, but it goes in and it went in even more so uh, <laughs> in that in that game. Uh, and Hunter McIntosh also played well. Hunter McIntosh is a guy who I think can really step up into the type of role that Sheffield was for them last year in terms of being the go-to guy in you know the clutch situations. Um, he had a really good year, 11 points and three rebounds and three assists. I mean, he, he can do a little bit of everything. Um, and, and he fits in well with, with Shragi. I mean, they like to, to bomb it from deep and he can do that with just about anybody. Um, yeah, but, uh, Chuck, Chuck Hanna did a, uh, did a good job inside, um, for, for the most part. I mean, it's not the biggest guy, uh, and Nate, Nathan Knight certainly had his way, uh, inside with, uh, with some of those guys, but, uh, but they fight and, and you can tell, uh, his guys love him, Shragi. Uh, yeah, that that team loves him, and they play incredibly hard. Uh, I mean, you're you're completely right. I was really impressed with the way that uh, that team looked last year, especially with what was expected of them. And I, he's done another good job recruiting. I mean, brought in first off Jaden Michael, who's probably going to be out for the whole year uh, yep. with the shoulder thing, but that's a guy who's, I think, a three star, but was uh, originally. Uh, going to go to Wichita State before he decommitted uh, and committed to Elon. Which, uh, uh, so, knowing what we know now, you uh, wonder why, why so, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's uh, <laughs> there's some more question marks around that. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see what they look like. I think they have the highest potential of any team in the CAA, or at least to to overperform their expectations per se. Um, they do need to find somebody. I think Hunter McIntosh can fill the role, but they do need to find somebody who is their go-to offensive player. Um, and they're still going to be a super young team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they develop through the year. Uh, and and if any of their freshmen, um, you know, if, if any of those guys uh, can step up and uh, and become a, a contributor as well. Yeah, the, the Jaden Michael injury... Um... Had that not happened, I, I would have had this team higher, and I'm sure Absolutely. Ken Palm would have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Gerald uh, Gillens-Butler, uh, who came from Butler, was recruited by Shragi there. Um, didn't play much at Butler, but he's a rugged kind of wing guy they could use. Uh, Ikenna Nadugba, a 6-0 guard from Bryant, who was a three-year starter. You figure he's plug-and-play right away, as well as a grad transfer. Uh, Marcus Sheffield, they hit on him as a grad transfer last season. He was great. Um but yeah, I think um, this team is probably a year or two away. Um, this mm-hmm. seems like the type of year where they get above 500 and play well, but they're not quite in contender status yet. Yet that would come uh, the next season. But um, again, uh, if they can just improve their defense a little bit, they were bottom of the CA in a couple different categories. But the offense looks great. Um, the talent's there, so. Elon's going to be a, a tough out for the next couple of seasons, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, they will be. All right, well, let's move on to the, into the top five. Uh, we're right on the 200 uh, mark on Ken Palm. Uh, let's go to Drexel, uh, who Ken Palm picks as the fifth best team preseason in the CAA. Um, the pros here, they have maybe the best one-two tandem in the CAA, um, most proven at least. Cameron Winter, uh, who's a former Rookie of the Year, and James Butler, who was think top 20 in the country sorry top five in the country with 20 double doubles um those two guys are really good but this is a team that has not had the sort of um 
improvement from year to year that you would expect. Um, they're, they're kind of mired in, in mediocrity. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right about that. I mean, it seems that every year you're looking for okay, these these couple of guys are gonna are gonna improve, and that means they're gonna be better. Uh, and it just never seems to to come to pass. Uh, I do really like Cameron Winter. Um, he's a really good kind of scoring style point guard, just 15 points per game. Uh, and funny enough, I played against James Butler in high school basketball, so uh, I have I have some points there. Who, um, who won that matchup? Uh, well, let's just not go there. Um, uh, I can tell you we lost the game. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, from the, uh, Lake Braddock high school, uh, secondary school, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, uh, he's a double, double machine. Um, and I've been really impressed with, uh, his growth over the past couple of years. Um, average 13.2 points, 11.7 rebounds. Uh, I think it's really going to come down to them is is going to be their depth off the bench. I mean, winter played so much. Yeah, yeah. They they have to find another uh, another point guard who can really step in when you know they can give them a little bit of rest. Uh, Coltrane Washington isn't isn't a point guard per se, but he is a a shooter, microwave type uh, uh, type player uh, coming in off the bench. But they don't really have any other uh, really. I mean, maybe Yurich uh, a little bit, uh, but there's not really, <laughs> they're going to have to find either uh, some freshmen or they have a, a Juco kid uh, coming in, uh, Chuka Metcom. Um, he's got to, he's got to perform. He's going to be a six one guard. Uh, he's got to be somebody who can come in and, and play for them. It's going to come down to depth. Yeah. I noticed an interesting stat about Drexel. Um, they led the CAA in assists per game last season, but they were also they also had the worst turnover margin. Mm-hmm. So they were having that many more turnovers uh, to to counteract those assists. And yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that was because Winter was probably gassed uh, in these games. He played so many minutes, um, so they need to address the turnover issue. Um, I'm right there with you. I think around Winter and Butler, you need some shooting. They Definitely. didn't really have that last year. Um, maybe some of these new guys or some of these returning players will get them there. Um, but, I mean, Cam Winter, I, I think the CA media day is coming up, but he might be the preseason player of the year too. I mean, if you expect mm-hmm. Drexel to have a better season than JMU, he might overtake Matt Lewis or, or maybe James Butler's the preseason player of the year. Um, yep. So those guys are talented. Um, star power, I think is is the way to do well in the CAA. The best teams usually have the best players. So Especially this year when there is such a, a, a dearth of star power, yeah. per se. For sure. For sure. So maybe uh, maybe Cam Winter and James Butler are both uh, all CAA-type talents again, and, and that helps carry Drexel. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's move on to the contenders. Um, we're in the top four, according to Ken Palm, uh, we're going from teams 148 to 199, so a, a little bit bunched up here. Um, let's start with Towson, who Ken Palm has as number four. This is a team where I've seen a couple people like them as favorites. Um, the funniest thing about Towson, and the most interesting, Pat Scary has always worked the transfer market, and he's almost folded it in on itself and created this... <laughs> infinite loop by bringing in a player who he originally played at Towson uh, Zane Martin who was a second team all CAA guy as a sophomore transfers out to New Mexico uh, sits a year plays a year and now is back at Towson 
Um, he could be the newcomer of the year. He could be an, an all CAA guy right away. Uh, who, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the storyline with Towson. Uh, St. Martin was, you know, right up there at uh, all CAA level. He was second team, obviously, but could very well have been first team that year. Um, and, you know, went to New Mexico, had a solid year there, 10 points per game. Um, I think it's really going to come down to how well he plays. Can he be the type of, like we were talking about with Cam Winter, can he be the type of star power uh, type player to take a, a normally solid Towson team, you know, that they're very specific uh, style of play that, yes, you know, uh, five, six, four, 250 pounders run in at the rim. Uh, yeah. Can he take those that type of team um, and be the go-to shot maker? Um, when they've been good in the past, they've had the type of guy who can uh, take over the end of a game, um, and they always play close games. So if they if, if Zane Martin can be that type of guy for them, um, I think that that they have a good shot of uh, overperforming their expectations a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've learned from Pat Scary teams that the best offense is sometimes just off the offensive rebound. <laughs> just take the three, knowing oh, you're going to yeah. miss, and go to work from there. Absolutely. Um, but if you can plug in a guy who can get you a bucket like Zane Martin, yeah, I think that that can really help them. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually surprised by how much they're losing year over year. Um, they're losing their top three scores and their top three rebounders. Um, Brian Fobbs, second team All-CA mm-hmm. guy is gone. Not Gay Sanders and Dunnest. Dennis Tunstall are both gone. Tunstall was on the all-defensive team. Uh, and then Alan Butrand uh, transferred to Rhode Island. So um, Scary runs a very specific type of system that that you mentioned. Um, tough guys, rebounders, defenders. But if he if, if Zane Martin is as good as we think he is um, and kind of picks up where he left off the last time he was in the CAA, um, I think this team can, uh, can definitely be in the top half of the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know what, a player who has, who impressed me last year, I kind of came out of nowhere for me was, uh, Jason Gibson, their, their point guard, yeah. uh, six, one, uh, was a freshman last year, had eight points per game. Uh, he could shoot the ball a little bit. Um, and, and really, uh, kind of takes on the, uh, I would say like kind of a floor general almost for them. Um, I would say needs to do a little bit better job passing the ball, but, uh, but overall, I think he he's got a, the type of uh, the type of game that uh, can improve and really help this team uh, this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Gibson, all rookie guy as well. Um, Jawan Gray is sort of a stretchy four man, twenty nine and a half percent from three. Uh, I also want to mention the uh, let me see if I can get this right the Uyelinmo brothers. Uh, that'd be Solomon and Victor. Solomon was injured last year. He's the younger of the two. Victor is uh, a transfer in who redshirted last year from Southern Cal. Um, he figures to be the starting five this season, a uh, true seven-footer, it seems, and maybe the next in line of those Towson big men who are always talented, you know, ever since Scary came yeah. in, they've, they've had that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> that type of player being seven-foot uh, is liable to to scare some some teams in the CAA, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you would know. I mean, you had the best one in the last couple of years. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. We're now into the top three. Number three, the College of Charleston Cougars, my alma mater. Um, we'll we'll do this how how we did with William and Mary. Why don't you give me your initial take on them, and I'll 
I'll tell you what I think. Uh, well, obviously you lose uh, the second best player in the conference in, <laughs> in Nathan Knight <laughs> and uh, in, in Grant Riller, uh, who really embodied, you know, you, you had three, um, three great players right in a row. And Grant was, in my opinion, the best of them. Um, absolute stone cold shot maker. Um, I, there's a, a story, a, a friend of mine was sitting on press row, uh, maybe not being the, uh, the, uh, journalist, all that, the integrity stuff kind of throwing it out the window. This was in, uh, I believe it was the 2018 game at Kaplan arena. Uh, this is where Grant some, hit, the, hit the shot from half court says some, says something to Grant who looks at him and then hits the, the half quarter to, to send it into overtime. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's the type of guy that that you never want to lose uh and you always want on your team um and i'm not sure they have a guy like that on uh on the team this year uh you know obviously probably the top returning guy in my opinion is brevin galloway Mm -hmm. uh 11 points per game um typical uh you know charleston guard over the past few years um good player i think he's he's going to be an all caa player this year um, but behind that, I mean, there are some names, obviously, uh, can anybody step up and, uh, really become a good second or third option? Yeah, that is a, uh, an internal debate going around the CFC fan bases. When you remove maybe the best player in CFC history, Grant Riller, are guys going to step in and fill that void or does the gravity of Grant Riller, did that stagnate? stagnate the growth of those guys and maybe they are just kind of role players in perpetuity um Mm -hmm. i think the interesting we i mentioned how volatile the caa is i think charleston is the embodiment of that um they have eight players on the roster now who did not play last season so they could go in any number of directions um last year we were pretty uh tempered on on what we expected out of the cougars just because you take away grant riller um, and there was a lot of unproven guys behind him. Um, but I think Coach Grant, to his credit, really raised the ceiling of this team by hitting the transfer market hard, uh, which he's never done before. Uh, so Peyton Willis comes in, uh, in my opinion, obviously I'm biased, but he may be the best uh, grad transfer coming in. Uh, he'd have to compete with guys like Zane Martin for that title. But mm-hmm. this is a guy who, who started for Minnesota, played real minutes, uh, double-digit score there. Um, and Charleston... Is going to give Charleston some basketball IQ and, and some shooting. Um, nowhere near Grant Riller's status, but but that should definitely help. Um, and then Dontavius King, who is a pretty heralded freshman, uh, is playing this season after redshirting last year. Um, so Charleston, I think their biggest struggles last year were an inability to make shots, and their rebounding was just not where it has been traditionally uh, under Coach Grant. So we definitely brought in shooting and size this year. Um, and if everything clicks, I think this team can be pretty good. If everyone's not every 10 point score is going to be a 12 point score the next year. If everyone's just kind of are what they are, this team will probably be in, in the middle of the pack. But um, I, I think Galloway will probably be the leading scorer. I think Willis will be right there. Um, and they'll have depth, um, which, which is an asset. Uh, the question is just going to be, can they rebound, defend and, and make shots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, here's my question. Would you, would you say that, uh, they underperformed last year? And if so, what do you, what would you say the reason was? Yeah. Because well, that 
that does that bring, transfer into this year? I guess is the question. That is that is the worst case scenario. If if we're yeah, so I mentioned the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is that this is a team that was fourth last year and they just lost their best player of all time. So yeah. Yeah. they may not they may not be that good this season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think most teams figured out that if you can stop Grant Riller, you really limit Charleston. Um. A lot of the guys who um, we're kind of role players were kind of exposed. Um, guys were left wide open and, and couldn't make things happen offensively. Um, so as good as Grant was, he was really carrying the team. Um, maybe guys now you've kind of ripped off the bandaid and those guys are going to be thrown into the fire and, and have to perform well. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest struggle last year was we were an easy team to, to, to defend. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously Earl Grant, uh, is, one of the best coaches in the CAA. I have no doubt that, um, you know, he's going to get his guys ready, uh, get the, get those, uh, those guys that Zep, Zep, Zep Jasper is Osinachi smart. Mm -hmm. That is a little bit of a tongue twister, but, uh, get those guys, you know, into a place where they're really going to contribute this year. I would say that, you know, they're probably, I would pencil them in obviously up to the, the, the top half of the league. Um, but, you never know. This is, like you said, a volatile team that um, there are <laughs> a wide range of outcomes for um, for sure how these guys perform. For sure. Yeah, O.C. Smart is a fifth-year senior. Um, he's going to have to kind of show something. Um, he's a great interior defender. He's not much of like a, a shot blocker, rim protector, but he can be a guy you could throw out at a Dylan Painter or a James Butler, and he's not going to get back down, uh, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. If he can turn into more of uh, you know a, a lob threat or a pick-and-roll type player, that would really help Charleston. Yeah. They brought in another grad transfer from St. Joe's, Lorenzo Edwards, who's kind of a Jalen McManus clone. Um, he'll be out on the perimeter mostly, I think, but um, is a veteran big guy who they can throw in and is a guy who's put up double-doubles, has put up you know 20-point scoring nights, so... Maybe he uh, maybe he helps it out as well, but I would guess um, Coach Grant goes with the all veteran lineup to start the season. So with Zepp, mm-hmm. Galloway, uh, Willis, three guys who have played a ton of games, and then Smart and Edwards in the front court, and you know it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, no, I mean it'll be very interesting to see uh, how well those guys uh, play together. So yeah, especially without yeah without the uh, the heliocentric system around Grant Riller. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had that. <laughs> yeah. He's been at Charleston half a decade. Um, <laughs> well, let's move ahead to number two team. Um, we are into the Northeast region of the CAA. Northeastern is picked uh, 170th in Ken Palm preseason. Best case scenario here, um, I think Bill Cohen's maybe the best coach in the CAA. Um, Absolutely. You never can count out his teams, no matter what the roster looks like on paper, no matter how many unheralded guys come in or international guys come in uh they went to the caa championship game for a third year in a row last season um they had a lot of bad luck in close games if that's just you know comes back to normal they'd probably be okay but there are a lot of question marks on this roster there's no seniors so it's a young team and they lost uh jordan Rowland, bolden brace and max borsico three guys who have uh, been in the program and, and done some great things so a lot of question marks, but uh, I trust Bill Quillen, So, Yeah, I I think Bolden Brace was only there for four years. For some reason, it felt like he was there for like 10. Uh, yeah, he is definitely <laughs> he, one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, he is one of those guys. Uh, 
and as we talked about with Charleston, you know, Northeastern has the same sort of issue. Jordan Rowland took a ton of their shots last year. Uh, but I think Northeastern has a better succession plan in that Tyson Walker was incredible last year. Um, I think he was the best freshman in the league. Yeah. Um, 10 points per game, two boards, three assists, uh, and really looked the part of like, he is going to be a good player in the CAA for the next few years. Um, yeah, I'm with you with Bill Cohen. He's a great, great, great coach. Uh, and you can never bet against them. They always have one or two guys who kind of come out of nowhere to be, uh, real key contributors, uh, real key contributors for their team. Um, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to say because they're they're just they are the like well-oiled machine of the CAA yeah. year in and year out. They they seem to have it together <laughs> more so than any other team in the CAA, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill Cohen just finds these guys and they he puts them into their system and they do well. Uh, Tyson Walker being a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, Whoever is like the point guard of that team is always puts up all CA numbers, whether it's Vasa Pusicha <laughs> oh, yes. or TJ Williams before that. Um, so mm-hmm. congrats to Tyson Walker. Uh, you're you're going to have a great career. Heir <laughs> apparent. Um, yeah, yeah, he's the heir apparent. Um, this team was top 30 nationally in three-point percentage, free throw percentage, and two-point percentage. Uh, they also led the CAA in defensive efficiency. So lots to, lots to like about this team. Uh, but they do lose three really talented guys. Um, one of the new guys coming in, uh, Chris Doherty, uh, rebounding big man from Notre Dame, who uh, recently was uh, named to be eligible for this season. So that's a, a nice piece coming in. Uh, I think the only other surefire starter would be Shaq Walters. Um, he's been in the system for a long time and, and finally gets to you know, play a little bit more. But um, mm-hmm. I don't really know many guys after after those three yeah no i mean it's a typical northeastern team where you know they're gonna plug in some guys and they're gonna play well i mean that's that's just kind of the way it goes up in in, in northeastern but you're right doherty is a really intriguing name he really didn't do anything at notre dame but he was a well-regarded recruit mm-hmm. um big body obviously six seven um so it'll be interesting to see how he performs at maybe a little bit of a lower level um, and yeah, no, like you said, Shaq Walters, also another, another solid player who, again, typical Northeastern, like he's gonna, he's gonna come in, he's gonna perform. And, uh, the one thing that I have written down in my notes here is better luck. Those, yeah. they were so unlucky last year. I, I remember, um, I remember more than many other people. Cause as a William and Mary guy, you got both of the buzzer beaters, Nathan Knight, both times, uh, both in Boston and, right. and Williamsburg. Um, right. The, the, was it the one in Boston where he went full court? Uh, that was the one in Williamsburg. But, okay. but yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, they were maybe not up to expectations last year, at least in terms of record, but just watching them. And even, you know, you look at Ken Palm or whatever, uh, they were a lot better than their record showed. Um, yeah. And they, they ended up in a tough place in the CAA tournament because – um, you know, obviously they were lower seed, but they made it all the way to the, uh, the, the title game against Hofstra before, you know, falling in a game that really didn't end up mattering. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks true. to uh pandemic, a down year for Northeastern 
is still an up year for most of the teams uh, in the in the basement. So mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, don't don't count out uh, the Huskies. Uh, well, let's move on. Let's go on to the preseason favorites, uh, at least by Ken Palm standards, and a few other people have picked them as well. It would be a repeat, uh, the Hofstra Pride. They are the champs until they are dethroned. The thing that concerns me here is that they had no depth last year, which is kind of something that Joe Mahalish has always done. Yep. No bench whatsoever, and they lose maybe their two best players uh, in mm-hmm. Bowie and Pemberton. Um, but they have some guys uh, who were part of that starting uh, rotation with Jalen Ray, Isaac Conte, and Tariq Coburn, um, who were part of a championship team and, and are back. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, if you're Hofstra, you have to hope that either Jalen Ray or Tariq Coburn, uh, one of those two, can take the type of jump that DeJure Bowie did last year. Um, yeah. You know, from a, a solid, you know, you would think of as like a, a two or three option um, into an all-CAA performer. Um, if I were to place my bet on that, I would say probably Jalen Ray. Um, he's a shooter. Yeah, I, I think he's... He's the he's cut out in the mold of those uh, the Hofstra guards who um, who have really performed well this this decade, um, and I think that he's got a pretty good chance to make that jump. Uh, Isaac Conte is, I think he's one of the better bigs in in the league. Uh, a little bit uh, inconsistent, but it was always a fun battle to watch him and uh, him and Nathan Knight go at it. Uh, and I think he's going to be able to maybe impose his will a little bit more this year as uh, a lot of the bigs in the league have have uh, either graduated or left. Um, yeah, but I think Hofstra, at least top line, they have the most talent um, mm-hmm. in their in their starting five. But you hit it. Uh, it's going to have to come down to can they play, you know, more than seven guys. And if they can't, it's going to be tough for them this year. Yeah, they... Um... Kind of like Northeastern, they they have a system that they run. It's not a defensive first kind of system, but they can score with anyone and they can score in bunches and, and really bury teams pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Ray, yeah, I, I think he's an all-CAA type guy this season. Uh, maybe even like player of the year if things break. Um, doesn't create a lot on his own up to this point, but... There's guys like Justin Wright Foreman and and Desher Bowie who had the yeah. ball in their hands so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll see what Jalen Ray can do as as kind of the the leader this year. But um, it's tough to repeat in the CAA. Um, I think in the last ten years, maybe just that UNCW team is the only team to to do it. Um, CAA is always competitive, so it would be tough. But um, I think Hofstra probably is a safe bet without a a surefire favorite like a Delaware. Yeah, I would I would not be surprised to see them up near the top of the league in you know the the, the preseason rankings whenever they get released. They seem just to be uh, they have the most recognizable names, um, and you know uh, the the Mihalik system is uh, interesting, but but it works. Obviously, he's out uh, right now, um, taking a leave of absence because of his health. Yeah, uh, but we should, uh, we should mention that. Yeah, yeah, but but obviously we wish him well, and uh, uh, the um, the guy who is uh, taking over for him, Mike Fairley, uh, is uh, cut from the same cloth. I would not expect to see any changes, um, and it'll be it'll be fun to watch. They always are. Uh, uh, they're always always a up tempo uh, offense first team that uh, 
sometimes it works better for them than others, but last year it worked quite well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, agree with, with all those points. Um, so that's 10 through one. Uh, do you want to put together a, a quick all, all CA first team uh, before we be... start recording? We were, we were, uh, <laughs> going through these and it's, there's a lot of different it's, directions. It's basically like, it's basically like throwing darts blindfolded. I mean, yeah. you can pick any of, you know, 10, 15 guys, uh, but, but we can take our shots at it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, because the CAA has proven in the past that they do not care about any sort of positions uh, in, in these all CAA teams, I'm going five guards. I'm going Cam Winter, Matt Lewis, Zane Martin, Brevin Galloway, that's the hometown pick, and then Jalen Ray. Uh, all right, I got uh, I got four of those. Um, uh, obviously, the one is the uh, the hometown pick. I, I don't really have anybody I can make a hometown pick with, though. That's that's that, that's rough. Luke Lowy, baby. <laughs> He's it. Uh, defensive player of the year, maybe. Uh, first okay. team, maybe not. Uh, okay. But I got uh, uh, Jalen Ray, Zane Martin, Matt Lewis, Hunter McIntosh, and Cam Winter. So, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think McIntosh is a guy that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you didn't really have any true bigs either. I mean, we could throw... Conte no, on here. I mean, we could throw. Con- Conte was the one that I. Conte was the one that I thought about, um, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's such a such an inconsistent player. At least he has been for the past couple of years, and maybe that's because he's battling some really good bigs. But uh, you know, maybe he takes a step forward and is a first teamer. Um, but I feel more confident about the other guys on my list. <laughs> there's some. There's some good guards in the league, and, yes. and maybe that's. Yeah. There's been guards good guard play in the past but especially with Knight gone Van Vliet gone uh Kaycock and Brantley mm-hmm. it, it seems like the pendulum's swinging back to this being a guard oriented kind of league yeah yeah um, definitely do you have a pick for player of the year do you want to you want to make a, make a uh hmm. if I were going to pick somebody for player that you know what uh I'll go Zane Martin player of the year okay yeah I, I think like it. I think he's gonna come in slot in well uh at at Towson and um, pick up where he left off and then some. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kick myself for this because this team, it seems like they're going to let me down. I'm going to pick Cam Winter, uh, uh, POY, um, just seems to have the resume. And if Drexel's top five, like they're expected to be, maybe he's, maybe he's the pick, but I don't (laughs) feel good about that at all. (laughs) Cam Winter is going to score 15 and Drexel's going to finish seventh and, uh, yeah, we're all we're all gonna laugh at this. Yeah, yeah. I I, I always did this with JMU throughout the, the oh, yeah. row era. Every season, I, I thought Matt I was like, Lewis, hey, Matt they're Lewis, bringing everybody back. Matt Lewis, they're bringing everybody back, and Matt Lewis is a is a scorer. Um, <laughs> always blew up in my face. So yeah. don't feel good about that. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. well, that's it, man. Uh, we went through everybody. Uh, I'm sure these are all gonna be shuffled throughout the year because that's just how the CAA is every season. But it should be exciting for fans. It should be worth tuning in to Flow Sports every night. Um, yeah. That, I, if there's, I, if there's one reason, if there is one reason to tune in to Flow Sports, it yeah. would be this. Yes. Um, but, but Brendan, man, thanks for joining. Uh, again, it's good to have a, a buddy here in mid-major uh, basketball fandom. And uh, we'll have to make this a true home and home. And, and I'll come on No Bid Nation and uh, we'll have some more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for thanks for having me. This was fun.